Welcome to the Insightful Nurse Leader. This podcast is focused on assisting nurse leaders become effective managers and change facilitators. Hello and welcome to our 30th episode of the Insightful Nurse Leader. Today, we are at Impact Jiu-Jitsu's headquarters here at Beaverton, Oregon. And today we have a very special guest. We are joined by a nurse who's also a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And uh, without further ado, Tina Tipuni, mm-hmm. welcome to the show. Hi there. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to have met you and have this opportunity to just share my story. I truly agree. You know, when I first started training here, so I was initially amazed that I meet someone who's a nurse who's mm-hmm. also into jiu-jitsu, more so a black belt. So it's like I've always w- was looking for this opportunity to integrate, like I mentioned before, my passion and my profession for for the longest time it's like living in two different worlds because it's not for a real. not a whole lot of nurses at least that i know do jiu-jitsu and looking at what we're experiencing right now in the profession the workplace violence and all that i feel like it's never been a more important time to start learning that <laughs> for real yeah and like whenever i meet nurses at the gym i'm like instantly just so fascinated like where do you work what do you do right. how'd you get into this why do you do this like it's so exciting to meet another nurse who has that schedule and still figures out a way to make it into the gym i agree and it's it's not an easy job as you know mm-hmm. for real <laughs> so mm-hmm. why don't we start with giving our audience a brief background mm-hmm. of how you got into nursing and how you got into jujitsu yeah definitely So I went to undergrad in Oregon at University of Oregon, and the goal was to become a doctor. And sure enough, through just years of science classes, I started getting more fascinated into psychology and had a couple years of just being a confused kid of what am I going to do to contribute to society? Like, what can I do where I can actually be someone that's giving back? And I was so lost. I went through all the careers. I was like, I don't think I can be a cop. I don't want to be a teacher. I really could not figure out something where I would give back. And it caused so many years of just confusion. Mm. So... During those years, I was home one summer taking just classes at the community college to save some money, and I run into a jujitsu course, and I totally was fascinated. Um, I had never done any martial arts. I did like every other sport in high school. Nothing really was like something that I was super like stoked on that Uh I wanted to do all the time. So I sign up. I'm like, I've never done martial arts. Let's see like where this goes walk into the class and I'm mortified. It's like (laughs) random mats on a gym floor and a bunch of guys getting ready to go to basic training, ex-Marines, no females. So I was like, how the heck do I drop out of this class? And the instructor was stoked. He's like, oh, we don't have room, but let me go talk to someone. I had no social skills. So I just sat there frozen. I was like, all right, I guess I'm getting through four weeks of whatever the heck this is. And honestly, I hated it. I was like, what the heck? Like, there's just these sweaty guys, like, on top of me. (laughs) I have to, like, mount them. I have to do something called clothes guard that they keep saying to me. Like, I was so confused. And then 
literally it took four weeks and that's when I realized I'm like, oh, like there's technique, like there's, there's ways to navigate around these, like people you like shake hands with and go, it's totally like a whole art. And I just got obsessed with it. Like it was so crazy how quick it went from go to class maybe once or twice a week because you have to, to what open mats can I go to? How can I squeeze in a noon training and an evening training? So through jujitsu, actually, um, that's where I got to meet just so many different people in different points of their career. It's like the one place where you just shake hands and go with anyone like Right. of people throughout the community that do such different things. True. So one time, one class actually in Sherwood, um, we had an impact over there and their class was late on a Wednesday. So that was the only class out of all the impact locations that I could drive up from Eugene and make it to. That was the class where I'd consistently try to come up because I tried to find jujitsu in Eugene. I was part of leading something called uh, U of O Jiu Jitsu Club, and I was like a right. white or blue belt. I'm like, what am I doing? It's like <laughs> an identity crisis almost of like, why am I doing this? So I'd come up and train at Impact, and I met a lot of nurses there, and uh-huh. they would just come and train whenever they wanted. They would tell me about their schedules of just like working three days a week. Then they'd just tell me these wild stories from the ICU, the ED. And they just told me all the different things they've been able to do in their career. Like the second they realized, hey, I kind of have burnout in this part of nursing. I looked for this new job, right? Right, right. Or my thought always was, okay, I get this knee injury or this back injury. And say I'm like, I'm out for a couple of months. I can Uh get a nurse job at a desk, right? True. So just trying to figure out like, is this something I want to do? Because... I was like any other nurse. I was like, yeah, I want to help people. And mm-hmm. it's more than that, right? Correct. So yeah. during that time, right when I finished college, I was like, I'm so over these science classes. I want to actually be with patients. From there, I just signed up at the like local skilled nursing facility to become a CNA. It was a program where if you did their program, you get a job afterwards. You don't have to pay for the class. And coming out of college, I was like, I have no money. What am I supposed to do? And it's weird to have a degree and work as a CNA where I could have just done that right away. So there was like conflict with like, how have I wasted years? So it was cool with jujitsu. Like, that's kind of what grounded me initially without me realizing. Like it normalized, hey, life is hard and figuring out what you want and what you actually want to do is tough. So like fast forward to today... When I see people exactly where I was of maybe it's a different story, but it's that just like frustration with like, I don't feel like I'm doing anything. They get so low, right? It's so easy to do that. It's so easy to be lonely, but you come into a room of like 20 people who are all so excited to see you, so excited to see how your day is going. So That was the point of like everything like 10 years ago where basically my nursing started. I went back to school. I took the prereqs I needed to apply to nursing school. I got even more obsessed with jujitsu. I started trying to get involved in as much as I could. I was volunteering at the Sexual Assault Resource Center in Beaverton, right across from the police station. And that started my interest in trying to start self-defense for survivors. 
And that led to working with the Clackamas Sheriff's Office, going into working for PCC Women's Resource Center. And I'm very big on training for all people, not just specific groups. I can definitely do like particular groups of like moms and daughters to college. But I'm also very big of guys have a hard time, too. And whatever you identify as, like whoever you are, like Everyone is a human that's dealing with something and I want you to feel seen. And that's kind of what comes into my class. Like people will be like, hey, I'm sorry, coach. I'm five, 10 minutes late. I don't care. I'm just happy you're here. Mm -hmm. You made it here. You made effort all day to get here. Like that's a big deal. And just seeing you trying to work on your health is all I care about. So that's kind of how I'm into all the things I love today. Like it went from confusion to, oh my God, this is what I want to do to how do I make this a career? It sounds like you found nursing through jujitsu. Yeah. And listening from your story, being able to help other people really helped you go through those tough journey. Mm-hmm. You know, even like going through injuries and the tough yeah. training and all that. Tell us how long did it take you to get your black belt? I started jujitsu in 2012 at that PCC class. And then I got my black belt last year when we first opened um, this location, actually. So oh, cool. I was very emotional being a part of like everything we've done to get to this place here today, right? Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, I am the slowest learner. Like they'll show technique. I'm like, what just happened? Like I am a dummy and it takes hours of like just drilling on my own. Like, I swear, like all the people that I was with at the start, I swear everyone got their blue belt in a year, two years. Took me like three years. I was like, dang, what is wrong? (laughs) And even by the head coach, my coach, Michael Chapman, was like, yeah, when you meet Tina, you wouldn't think she'd stick to (laughs) jujitsu. I was like, dang, you're not wrong. (laughs) But That's the beauty of the sport. It's like, I know I'm a good student. In nursing school, I would study eight to 10 hours a day. And the two hours I had to do anything besides school was jujitsu. I would go to the gym, I train, I go straight back home and study. And jujitsu is kind of like that. If you put in the work, whether you're drilling, going to classes, actually asking questions when the coaches ask if there's questions, like it just leads to like so much progression. Mm Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing your yeah, story. Of course. Let's talk about nursing, right? And, and that's really the path. Well, we're both in nursing mm-hmm. and jiu-jitsu, right? They say nursing is a science and an art. Did you say the same thing with jiu-jitsu and, and why or why not? Yeah, I think, honestly, the common theme I've seen with both is passion. Like, mm-hmm. do you care about what you're doing? Right. And if you do care about it, What are you doing to better yourself in it and for it? So I think it just translates entirely. Like what I learned from jujitsu of like being in uncomfortable situations has totally translated to my nursing career. Like I can't tell you how many times where I'm in the middle of a rapid response, like we're about to start a code and everyone's like, how are you so chill? Like (laughs) there, there was even a criticism at one point of, Hey, do you just not care? Like, there's no change to your expression. And then once people got to know me, they're like, oh, you would thrive in the ED environment. (laughs) And I was like, well, have you ever had a 300-pound person try to hold you down while their sweat rolls into your mouth? It's an awful feeling. 
So yeah, if I have dry clothes on and I'm just having to basically delegate what to do to save someone's life, yeah, right. That's pretty yeah. important to me, and I'll figure out the science behind how to do it mm-hmm. most efficiently and best. And honestly, I think learning how to be a good student has helped me so much in both nursing and jujitsu. Like mm-hmm. I am always open to criticism. Like if I do anything wrong or if I could do it better, I want to hear it. And I am always vulnerable. And a lot of people, I think it's tough taking responsibility and being vulnerable. Like you want to seem like, like act like you've been there or act like you've done it before. Right. But I think the beauty behind it all is sitting back and like learning from the great people around you. Mm-hmm. In my job at the hospital, I was fortunate to work with nurses who have worked there for 20 plus years as a group. They've been there since report was given on our radio, like in wow. the back, like kitchen area, like they've seen the changes. They know like why some things don't work when we try to start new protocols and they've already done it 10 years ago. So I'm so big on just teach me, like tell me what needs to like happen and let me help implement it so we can work and become a stronger team. One of my biggest things is we are only as strong as like the whole team. Like if one person's struggling, we need to work with them and make them stronger Mm -hmm. so that we can be proud of the place we're at and like what we're giving back. Totally agree. Thank you. So Tina, there is no question that, you know, there's been a stark increase in workplace violence in whatever, you know, healthcare setting and even outside of healthcare. Right. And that's, that's, you know, you don't need data statistics to show Mm -hmm. that because we all experience that. Yes. as frontline professionals, and more so in the past two to three years, you know, with you know COVID and all that stuff, healthcare professionals, specifically nurses, have been directly impacted by this workplace violence, whether from verbal all the way to physical assault. Mm-hmm. And as a nurse, yeah, could you tell us have you experienced workplace violence mm-hmm. before, and how did you deal with that? Yes, I have, and I think it's a frowned upon thing. Like people hesitate to even say, "Yeah, I have." You want to uphold the image of this is like the textbook world of nursing. Nothing like that would happen. That's not something we expect. And maybe it was so horrific you don't want to talk about it too, right? Right. A lot of shifts, it's like, you know, it was so rough. I can't wait till it's done. And I'm going to the bar. I'm going to whatever outlet I have. And that was kind of what broke my heart with nursing. You have these people constantly helping people. And then their outlet is to go drink it away, right? But your patients all day, those are the things that led them to the hospital. So how can they even like respect like, hey, you can't have that cheeseburger. You can't, you shouldn't drink that many drinks a day when that's the stuff you're doing because that's your outlet from what you're saying is so horrific, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like this weird like cycle to me because then your nurses become the patients. And I really think the workplace violence is such a big factor. Like it is so rough having a shift where someone has verbally abused you all day and you're trying to figure out, is this verbal abuse? Like, Mm -hmm. is that what's occurring or am I being soft? Like, do I need to be stronger? You're like justifying it, which is wild because it's a place where you should go and Try to do the best you can for your patient, but these situations are blurring it. So then 
there's this confusion. And then there's the physical. So I can't tell you how many times where I'm told, hey, don't lean in because they might hit you. Even during clinicals, I had a stethoscope around my neck. And that was the last time I ever wore a stethoscope around my neck because out of the four of us in the room trying to change this patient, he tried choking me out with my stethoscope. And I'm this like young, awkward nursing student. Like I had no idea what to do if you're getting choked out with your stethoscope. That wasn't like something that went through my head. At that point, I was like, oh, it's cool. I can wear it over here. Like, hey, guys, I'm in nursing school, if you didn't know. So it's like little things where you like think about all your actions now. Like, Mm -hmm. I swear when I walk somewhere and I'm not facing the door or seeing the door, that's something that stresses me out now. And Mm -hmm. it's because of the years of being stressed from my job of, I don't know who's on the unit. I don't know what this family member has. Patient belongings, that's such a big thing. You have to go through everything a patient has when they first admit to your unit. And then if they go for a procedure for an hour or two, you have to check their stuff again because you just never know what someone can have on them. The idea of being in a patient room by yourself that always was a trip for me. Like, I have this like constant scenario of if my patient goes to punch me, I fall to the ground, my knees buckle, what am I going to do? Especially now that I'm a black belt and I train, what am I allowed to do? Like, Correct. how many situations are there where it turns into a domestic he said, she said, right? Right. So why are they going to believe that I was practicing self-defense and that the patient struck me first? Like those are constant concerns of how the heck can that be a situation that can like take my license away from me? Like the thing I worked the hardest in my life for, like something I love so much. So in my career, there was a point where I had so many patients that I honestly was scared of whether they be like the older lady who could easily hurt me just from being too heavy when I transfer her from a chair to bed to the bigger person who's honestly trying to hit me or like shove me out of the way. I've had a patient spit on me. Like you just never know what to expect. So that led to actually from the jujitsu standpoint to start doing kickboxing. So as a blue belt, I believe I started doing our kickboxing classes here. We have a very legit MMA team and we have the best coaches. And I was like, why the heck would I not utilize this resource? Like, I don't know how to throw a punch. I still, my punch looks awful, but I try. I work on it. Whether it be throwing a punch or getting out of the way, having the footwork to move around someone quick and exit a situation. That's like a big thing in self-defense. People always think, oh, I did this one class, so I'm going to be able to do this move on them. No, I'm trying to get out of the room. Like, if that patient hits me, best believe I'm trying to crawl out of the room. Like, I don't want to touch a patient. I don't want to lead to that at all. I'm fine taking a couple punches, getting hurt pretty badly, as long as I can get out and yell help, you know? And that's just part of the career where that has become a thing where it's like, hey, this could happen. Like, how wild is that with nursing? Right. Yeah, police officers, you're scared they leave and you want them to come home. You're so excited when they come home. But with a nurse? That's true. Like, what the heck? I'm here to help you. I want you to get better and get back to your life. But 
I think coming from a med surge background, it became psych and we didn't have the resources, I think, is what occurred. And I had psych experience in college. My senior practicum was a psych unit. So you could say, hey, you're trained in psych. You know what to do. You know how to de-escalate. Yeah, you could say I've been trained on it. But let me tell you, the fight or flight is still a real thing. That's right. why when a nurse deals with a situation with her patient, it is so big to have a team support you because I might freeze and I need you guys to help me. I need you to look at it in a way that I'm not seeing it because I'm scared that there's someone in front of me and I'm trying to check off every box to make sure they're okay, right? So that's why I am so big today on making sure I teach a fundamentals course. I don't want to teach advanced jujitsu. I don't want to teach anything besides fundamentals at this point because I want to be that person that you come to and learn jujitsu from the first day and you're comfortable. Mm -hmm. Like at home, I have a whole closet of old geese. I have old rash guards, everything. I don't want any barriers of jujitsu is too expensive. It is expensive. Like you have to pay an initiation fee, a membership, a new gi. Like you have to figure out a way to get to the gym. So I'm big on, hey, come try it out. Say you've done it before. You're a nurse. You're a scheduler. Let's try to have some kind of experience just in case you need it. Like I'd rather be prepared than not know like what to do when I need it, right? Or have to recover from a situation. So I always want to be that person someone can go to. And I've told many people that have tried the sport out, hey, even if you can't make it to my one class, let me go to another class throughout the week with you. Let me go to a different gym with you. Let me be your like buddy there because I've been there. I'm very shy. I'm very insecure. I've been all those things before. Like I get intimidated walking into a new room and the difference of walking into a gym, whether even when I go weightlifting, going in with a buddy rather than going by myself is a totally different experience. So especially if you're someone from healthcare, you already deal with all the BS. Mm -hmm. I want something to be easy outside of work for you. That's and nice. especially if you're trying to better yourself. That's so nice. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. Recently, I've done some research about workplace violence in healthcare, in nursing specifically, and there's so much articles or podcasts mm -hmm. about like how different organizations have decreased statistically. Yeah. The incidences with different strategies, others using de-escalation strategies and different methodology, and mm -hmm. others use some sort of like some assessment and interventions and all that. Coming from your background, right, mm -hmm. actually in bedside nursing and having actually gone through jiu-jitsu and learning self-defense, could you tell us, is this helping mm -hmm. from your experience? And why do we still see a lot of workplace violence happening? Mm -hmm. And what are we missing here? I think it's just training. Like the biggest thing is just a lack of knowledge on what to do in these situations, um, that's why there's like beauty behind like doing like a mock run through like a situation like, mm -hmm. hey, if this happens, what are you going to do? Just like any situation, like running it through your head. Hey, if this ever happened, what am I going to do? And that's like a thing that we do here all the time for a lot of our black belt ceremonies. One of the examples is, hey, you're at the grocery store and someone just like body locked you from behind. What's the next move? Right. Mm -hmm. So I think that's something we need to implement we need to implement like combative training at the hospital. That's pretty wild. But mm -hmm. I want a model of prevention. Like 
I understand funding's rough. COVID just happened, and that has just made so many issues to the healthcare system. But if you have a security team, I believe they deserve to be trained. Mm -hmm. And it's just like the issue today of police officers needing to train. That's why so many of them are finding jujitsu. Last week, we belted one of our police officers to black belt. Mm -hmm. Like, how cool is that? We have a police officer in Beaverton that's a black belt in Mm jujitsu. And we have a whole program for police officers in the area, and it's gone out of state. And I really think that's something we need for healthcare. I have so many coworkers from past jobs and my current job that want to train. They want to learn, hey, if I get like shoved over a like table, what do I do? Let me talk to you about using that table as a barricade so you can get out. Like it's that simple of a conversation. Correct. It's nothing fancy. I'm not telling you to strike your patient and run out, but right. whether it's the healthcare staff or security, I can't imagine how scary it is being a security guard at a hospital going into a situation where a frantic nurse calls you, tells you they need you immediately, you're rushing over and you don't know what you're walking into. And let's add to it. What kind of training have you got into that situation? Do you feel prepared? Have you had so many experiences in the hospital that you feel like you've seen it all and like this is another day? Or did you just start this job a month ago and you're wondering what you got yourself into? And is there like a support system of, hey, this job's hard. Let's talk about it. Like, do you do you have a manager that checks in with you that asks you, hey, this is a monthly check in. How's it going? Like, what can we do better? And that comes back to like the science of a career. Like, I am so big on like, how can we do something the best? Like, not better than other people. Like, as a whole, like society, what can we do to better everyone? Mm -hmm. Right. My past coworkers just went through a few incidents in the community of just terrifying things that you really don't want to see. And then you can see like a lot of them checked in with me. Hey, like, when do you coach again? Like, I really was wanting to like start this now. Now it's serious. And that's still preventative in my like book. Like, yeah, something happened, but you weren't really a part of it. But it kind of was that check of like, I need to add to Mm -hmm. what I'm doing. And I just think that's something healthcare needs. Like I've done seminars for free for past places I've worked for just because I care about the people I'm around. I want them to feel prepared. But I think that's something, hey, you got this new job. By the way, one day, two days of this is going to be you at this training where we're going to talk through this situation and a lot of people can like discredit it and be like, wow, what a waste of time. Like, why do I need to learn that? I'd rather you have that mentality and still do it and have to like have a mandatory training and then realize when you need it, hey, at least we went over that, then not provide it at all. And I can't express to you how sad it is for me seeing people scared. If you're scared to go into your job because you don't know if someone's going to have a weapon or if they're going to freak out at you and like, those moments where you have to call security and your hands shaking because you don't know, like you were in the middle of whatever you were doing and then this happened. It's nothing, it's never a day where you're like, oh, I had time. Like, okay, let's manage this. Like, it's always in the middle of something. So you're not really thinking clearly. And then you have to like dial down and figure it out. So I just would love to see a like system and I would love to be a part of it because 
I am a big believer of not just telling someone what I want or need. I want to actually plan it and implement it with you so you don't have to do anything for my demands. Like I want to come up with it so I'm not adding to your job, right? And I think when a society or a group of people or a community is scared, that's a perfect time to add more tools. You mentioned something earlier about you know, the training. And, and I totally agree on that from a nursing standpoint, because, you know, we do have like our skills day, our mm-hmm. yearly return demonstration, the things that we need to do depending on your area of mm-hmm. specialty. And it just makes sense to do that from a safety security standpoint, right? The training. And we do have some, I can't remember the acronyms of training programs, right? I'm yeah. sure you've gone through them uh, and how to escalate, how to address an aggressive patient. But I mean, you know that it's quite mediocre, right? Yes. Uh, the the very willing partner that's willing to go to the ground, or <laughs> yeah. there's no resistance. And, and I say mediocre not as a criticism, but I guess one might take that, but it's not realistic. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. You know, and that's the beauty of jiu-jitsu because it's so honest, right? yeah. it's so transparent that, you know, hey, it didn't work because it didn't work. I mm-hmm. mean... You know, <laughs> you go back to training. And it's you know. it's 2023. Like, right. look at our wall. We have like 80 black belts at this gym. Right. This is just one gym. So I just cannot stand the mentality of like, well, what resources do we have? Who do we even call? Like, jujitsu alone. You don't have to hang out in someone's random garage in a different city to learn it. Like, you just Google it and there's so much like you find one gym. Maybe you don't even like the stuff you're seeing here and you can get a membership and learn that material. Mm-hmm. So if it's so easy for someone who's doing it as a hobby, why can't we do that for the hospital, the clinics, the facilities? Mm-hmm. Why are we just like slacking on that? Cause we do have the resources now And you have so many people who want to implement these programs for you. I can't tell you how many police officers, black belts, training partners who all have this passion of the same things I've just been talking about that they want to do themselves. How many people want to open a jujitsu gym? You don't think some of these people want to also be the person who leads these programs and betters their community, not only for the people competing in these tournaments, but also these providers that we have. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many emails I get of this person was from work, was walking away from this bar or from dinner and someone threw a bottle at them and knocked them out. Someone like attacked them. Even if it's not something happening at work, don't you think you would want to offer that? So that's kind of my full circle of what can we do to better everyone. That's so awesome. So, Tina, how can they start jiu-jitsu? What do you recommend for someone who is very new, hasn't started jiu-jitsu, probably learned or saw a jiu-jitsu YouTube video, what have you, knew someone? Mm -hmm. What do you recommend for those who are hesitant or nervous or even intimidated to to start in jiu-jitsu? So with me, if you know me, you know, I will just try to figure out any way to get you in here if you want to, um, whether it be me going with you, 
me finding whatever gym's close to you. I can't tell you how many people from my like nursing program in Tennessee reach out to me like, hey, I saw you were doing kettlebells. I thought saw you were doing jujitsu. Okay, let me find whatever is in your city. And like, I can even call them and see what, like, if the website's kind of rough, let's figure out what time you should show up. Like, so many people tell me they just want someone to motivate them, right? Or they need someone to like tell them, like keep them accountable. And that is totally a valid thing. Like, and I can't tell you how many times I'm sitting at work and someone's like, how much protein do I need? And what, what place is close to me again? I'm constantly writing little post-its of like, this is the gym. This is the number. This is the amount of grams of protein. Like, there's so much that people just want to do. So I tell them, I'm like, it doesn't even necessarily need to be jujitsu. Are you more into kickboxing? Even Muay Thai, like whatever it is that gets your body moving. Like, I just never want people to go straight from work, home and work. And I get it. People have kids, people have parents they take care of. Like, there's a lot of factors in life, but you deserve some time. So that's even like the people who tell me, hey, I don't have the money or I can't make it to a gym. Okay, go on one walk, 30 minutes a day, every day for yourself or start the day 10 minutes outside. Like those are little steps I want people to take. And that usually leads to the excitement of, okay, I want to try out jujitsu. And honestly, that's kind of why I post all the things I do about jujitsu and working out, because that alone motivates people to be like, she went straight from work and got beat up for six hours by her best friends. Like, it's just a cool thing to see someone actually do it. There's a lot of talk, which is frustrating to listen to. But when you see the actions, it's like a beautiful thing. Like, I can't tell you how motivating it is to see my teammates compete. Like, you know... They flew to the East Coast this weekend and competed. They, they're they in Vegas right now competing on top of all the work they do, their full-time jobs. Right. And I think the biggest thing is figure out what you want to do. If you don't know what you want to do, we're here for you. Like I always tell people, there's so many coaches here. I might work for some people, but there's other people that you might like better. And that's the beauty of coaching. Come in here, see who you get along with. And who just like motivates you. Like for me, the wrestling program here, it's, it sparks joy. Like I get stoked on a Tuesday. Pretty tough training too. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like sitting at work, drinking enough water, making sure I like eat enough protein. I'm so excited to be in that room. It's like starting jujitsu all over again because it's this whole new world. Right. And that's just something I want people to feel like it's such a amazing thing. And if it's something you can utilize to feel safe in the community and at your job, like how amazing is that? And I think that's kind of why jujitsu made sense for me because yeah, I did water polo. I loved water polo. I played lacrosse. I loved soccer, but jujitsu, there's so much. Like I can go to wrestling one day. I can work on my judo one day. I'm working self-defense with police officers one day. Like what a wild sport with like so many different like aspects. Saturdays, I'm watching the UFC fights, trying to pick up technique from UFC. Monday, I'm trying it and doing nothing compared to it, but I'm trying, (laughs) right? Right. So my biggest thing is I don't care what you do. Just 
do something and just feel better about yourself. And it is amazing to see like some of my coworkers, literally one month of let's eliminate soda or let's eliminate those Gatorades and let's go on a walk. Oh, you came to jujitsu once a week for four weeks. They look like different humans. Their skin's clearer. They get a haircut. They care more about like what's going on. And it's just, it's that feeling like you see the confidence, which is like mm-hmm. such a beautiful thing. I agree. So Tina, you teach fundamentals jujitsu right here at Impact Beaverton. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us when that is and how can you know our audience sign up for yeah. it if they're interested? So I teach fundamentals Wednesdays at five fifteen here at the Beaverton location. And then all like my best friends teach fundamentals every other day of the week. So I'm very big on just come whenever and let's figure out what class you want to do. And if you go to impactjj.com, you can see all the instructors we have, their background of how they got into it and what they do today. And any class that works in your schedule, that's what we want. And even if it's not this gym, we just want you to go to a gym close by that you'll actually go to after work. Don't sign up for a gym that's three hours away that you're never going to come to. If there's a gym down the street, that probably makes more sense. So, yeah, just love meeting people. Every day we have a new face in here. It's a wild thing. How can our listeners reach you? I'll provide my email on the website. I'll put my Instagram, my Facebook on there. So any way that is easiest for people. And then you can always reach out to the gym and they can get a hold of me here as well from impactjj.com. Awesome. So, Tina, thank you so much for this time. This yeah. is a very insightful conversation. Love to be able to talk nursing and jiu-jitsu with you, as always. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, thank you for sharing your insights. Thank you so much for taking the time. It's so awesome talking to you. Likewise. Thank you for listening. To view the complete show notes and all the links mentioned in today's episode, visit milesperillaconsulting.com forward slash podcast. And before you go, make sure you follow or subscribe to this podcast so you can receive the latest episodes as soon as they're released. And if you're enjoying the show, please leave a rating and review in Apple Podcast. Thank you again for joining me. This is your host, Miles Perilla, and you're listening to The Insightful Nurse Leader. I'll see you next time.